Hello, everyone. Welcome along to Championship Drill, your kind of weekly, bi-weekly look back at the EFL Championship. Um, while we wait for the World Cup semi-finals, we'll have our World Cup show for those who've been following that. That is going to come to you Wednesday evenings after both semi-finals have been played. And we'll have another show after the final on Sunday. But this is our usual thing that we do throughout the year where we uh, talk the news of the EFL Championship, look back on some of the games, highlights and talking points of the weekend. Uh, it was great to have football back again, the Championship back again at the weekend. I was happy to see everything back. I, I was just even happy to see any game on TV. Uh, it's been so long. Yeah. It's too long. Um, but it was good. It started off with a surprise, I suppose. Um, Preston. Uh, nobody, nobody would have saw this coming. Um, is he barking? Is he? Okay. Yeah, nobody saw the Preston results coming. Sorry, my dog interrupting us there, um, weighing in on a probably saying he saw it coming. <laughs> but uh, I don't think anyone saw that result coming, did they? No. Um... It was horrible conditions, to be fair. Um, the snow was piling down. Um, yeah. It probably would have been called off if they, re- they haven't played a game in so long. They want games to go ahead. So oh, the conditions were so bad. And also, as well, Blackburn were missing like five first-team players. I know it's not an excuse, but still. Yeah. Um, it helped Preston climb into the playoffs. We've talked about Preston a lot over the, the last number of years that we've been doing the show. And we talked at the start of this season about how there's going to come a point where either they have to go up or at least make the playoffs. Yeah. Or they're going to have to make some serious changes at the club. Yep. Uh, they have to decide what they want to be. Do they want to be a team that plays in championship or do they want to have more ambition and exactly. go for the Premier League? Um, and I think January is going to be key to that. We'll see when the transfer window opens just how ambitious they are going to be. Now that they're in and around the playoffs, are they going to spend some money to bring in some more players? Yeah, and there was a bit of news there, Adam, actually, that um, our Adam O'Reilly is going to be released. Um, I think he's just going to weigh out the last few months and then he's gone. Um, yeah, good young player, never really made it through to the first team there. Yeah, we met him. We met him a few times. Um, yeah, uh, a nice young kid. He came back on loan to League of Ireland, I think, last yeah. season or the season before. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm sure someone's going to pick him up. Yeah, he's he's only on loan. Oh. Was he on loan in League of Ireland in last season? I think so. Yeah. Um, he did okay. He did okay, but again, probably not there yet for Preston, and it's probably a case of it's better for him and better for the club that they move on. Yeah. Um, and he might end up having to go down a division. Mm. You would think to build up that experience again, but he's very young and I'm sure we'll see him back in the championship at some stage with somebody. Yeah. yeah. Um, I suppose a couple of bits of news. Coventry, we were talking about their arena and all the chaos going on there. And um, where they were signed an eviction notice um not that long ago, but now they've come to a deal, it seems that they are, at least they're gonna have um their games played there. Until the end of this season. It's good news. Because uh, it was all doom and gloom for a few weeks. It was. Uh, and I must say, this is until the end of the season is what being announced now. But they are planning talks to extend it into more long-term 
yeah. police. So I, I, I think ultimately all parties want that to happen. So I'm I'm sure that by the end of the season, by the term time that lease um is up, Coventry will have secured, you know, whether it's five years, ten years, whatever the case may be. Yeah. Into um into there. So yeah. that is that on then we have a new manager at QPR. Yeah, I mean, we were talking about earlier, you were saying that it was, he did well at Blackpool. Um, yeah, I mean, he's his first season of management, he took Blackpool up from League One into the championship. Yeah. And kept them up. And uh, left to join Aston Villa. Yeah. Um, um, it, as a coach. It's a very bizarre one, I yeah, um, so he's basically, um, he left Aston Villa earlier this season. Obviously, when Steve Gerrard was sacked, he was one of the ones let go as well. Yeah. So he's he's you know a bit of experience in championship, but not a lot in management yet. He's he's young, only forty four. Um, it's a weird QPR's, one. Because I would have thought QPR would be the title challengers or playoff challengers. I this guy is, and and I don't mean this in any respect disrespect, but he's a. Lower, lower end manager, like the bottom half table. Yeah, I mean, he's not done a lot. I mean, he was, he was in, he was with the Liverpool youth team, so he's got connections at Liverpool. Maybe he can use that to bring in a couple of loan players. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Uh, so he was loan team. He was the youth team. Sorry, with Liverpool for a number of years. Then, like we said, he joined Blackpool, took them up, kept them up. Then he joined. He went with Stephen Gerrard, Aston Villa, um, sacked, and um, they need to do something. I mean. They had a, QPR had a great start to the season under Beale, who's now gone to Rangers. Yeah. Uh, but they were having a wobble under him anyway before the World Cup break. Yeah. Uh, so probably a good thing that they have Mandarin. And I suppose, like you said, you're a bit dubious about the appointment, as would I be, because he doesn't have a whole lot of experience. But um, we've seen before what happens sometimes a manager comes in who's the right fit for a club that no one expects them to do well, and suddenly um, they take off. And QPR, to be fair, they're they're not far off the playoffs. They're only, what, three points off the playoffs now? Was he in charge yesterday? Um, not oh, sure oh, if he was in charge. I mean, he'd just been appointed. So, I mean, if he was, yeah. he hasn't really got his hands. And plus, plus Burnley was always yeah. going to be a tough one. Yeah, it was always going to be a tough one, but it's also a case of when you come in literally the day or the day of the match or the day before the match, usually it's it's the person who was there before you that picks the team and that and you just Yeah. You just kind of you're there and you're watching it and you take it up. So his first proper game will be there. Yeah. Their next one. Uh but you no. Know, they were right in the playoffs for most of the season. They've now dropped out. They are still only three points out of the playoffs. Like we said, this league table is crazy. It's been crazy all season. Yeah, starting to open up a little bit, um, but not that many gaps when you think about it. Because Bristol City in sixteenth, and even West Brom, who we'll talk about later, um, in seventeenth, are only eight points off the playoffs with a game in hand. Yeah. Um. So there, there's an awful lot still to play for this season, uh, with twenty-two games gone for most teams. So, not much more in the line of news, really. Um, you know, uh, there was a report came out about, the, you can probably see there, about the amount of fans that were injured across the EFL and Premier League last season. Mm. Um, 1,800 fans. Now, that doesn't include people who were injured because of drink or people from pre-existing medical conditions. Yeah. 
155 of the people needed hospital. There was over 70 fans injured by footballs. Um, and another over 100 of those fans were hurt while celebrating. Yeah. Um. So usually in the lower league clubs, I'd say when you're hurt by footballs, when you're sitting behind the ball and the, the lads can't hit it. So. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, <coughs> well, that seems like a lot. That's out of over 38 million spectators. Yeah. Um, and it's down a good amount on the last few years. So obviously things getting... Uh, getting safer in that at football matches. Good. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, like if again, if it's going down, it's only good for people. It is going down. What? What was the the only thing from the stats? And people can look at the stats. The only thing that's slightly worrying in the stats for me, it's good that the safety is going down. But one thing that has gone up is the number of injuries caused by assaults, okay. uh, which have jumped from three percent to eight percent or to to five percent. They've gone up by two percent. Yes, that's um, you know uh, in the last pre-COVID season. Yeah. Um. Obviously, this is the first season where we're back properly post-COVID. Yeah. So that's why it's been compared to the last season before COVID. Yeah. So yeah, and five percent of those injuries were caused by assaults. Um. Uh, yeah. In twenty twenty one twenty two, um. This season, we wait and see what they'll be. Uh. But. Uh. Overall. When you look at 1,800 injuries from over 38 million spectators, football seems to be becoming a, a safer and safer place to go to. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's good news as well. And like I said, that's not just the championship. That's across the board, Premier League and all of the EFL leagues. Yeah. Um, so will we have a look back on some of the results and the talking points of the big games, I suppose, um, the way they went? Uh, you kind of talk. We've already that. talked a bit about Preston. Preston, but still though, like, it's a shock result, and and you know what, Chad Evans was unplayable. Yeah, one. he was great. And he needs to be good for them because, like you said, there there was a lot of goals not being scored by Preston. They were how many nil all draws they had, how many one nil wins they had. They weren't conceding any goals, and they are good at the back. Yeah, if they can start scoring goals, they have a great chance. Yeah, exactly. Um, Rotherham home yeah, defeat right. to Bristol City. Ogbeni scoring again though. Um, are they going to find it hard to hang on to him in January? Uh, I don't know. I think he might stay for the season. Yeah. Um, surely they're going to be in such a struggle though. I don't know. Maybe he wants to leave. If he wants to leave, then I, you can't really hold him back, really. Yeah, I mean, it was a, it was the classic. If you want to put it that way. This game was the classic uh, championship game that we always talk about, where one team takes their chances, the other team doesn't. Um, Bristol City were kind of clinical when they got a chance, they took them. Rotherham, not so much. Yeah. Uh, they got the one goal. Uh, they'll be disappointed to lose at home, Bristol City, but a big win for Bristol City. Yeah, huge, and, huge results. Because they were in danger slipping back down into that they relegation really, really, fight really as well. Were. They really, really uh, were. You know, it's not that they're very much clear of it now either, but, uh, you know, it, it's a big important win for them because they, they were struggling. Another team, I suppose, that got an important win was Reading. Um, a big one win over Coventry because it helps push them back up the table. They've been, they were on an awful run there for a while, but they've, they've started to put a good run of games together. And game. Coventry were, Coventry were actually good at their handy. 
Um, yeah, I mean, Coventry aren't bad. I mean, you know, they're one of those teams that still has games in hand over pretty much everybody. Yeah. Um, it's it's one of those performances where, again, Reading, you know, got the goal, Coventry didn't. And yeah. it's it's one of those games where if Coventry play like that, they're going to win more games than they lose. Exactly. That's it, exactly. Uh, so I wouldn't be too worried about Coventry losing this one 1-0. Uh, but... Um, you know, they had um again it's the World Cup. If you look at the World Cup, be, going into the World Cup, Coventry had seven wins in nine games. Yeah. And Reading had like two wins in ten or something. Yeah, see that that's what we were always on about this. What's yeah. gonna happen when they come back? Yeah, so Reading get the win, which they needed, because like we said, they they put they weren't great at the start, then they had a great run. They were in the playoffs. They were doing well, yeah. and then they went on that slide of only two runs and two wins in ten games, yeah. and um, slid back down the table. So a big win for them. Um, so, but Coventry's first goal they've conceded since the fourteenth of September away from home. So that's always a plus. Like they're very good defensively, and they're very hard to break down. Um, yeah. But it is a great it is actually a great result for Reading because I know Paul Ince, even though he still gets a lot of stick for for whatever yeah. reason. For whatever yeah. reason. That's it. And um, Blackpool Birmingham, not a whole lot to say about that one. Oh, no. Nil all draw. Um, um, the... I thought Birmingham were um going to be on the up, but we'll see. We'll see what happens now, yeah. Um Luton Middlesbrough, like you said, Middlesbrough um a great run. Uh Red card probably helped them a lot in this one. Yeah. So, um, stoppage time goal again. We see so much of that in the championship, don't we? Guys uh, getting winners. Well, especially they scored a lot of them. They do. Um, you know, be fair. And, and your battered them. Yeah, and your man Chabak Palm, who um, yeah, you you, you were saying the start of the season, and you were saying all through the season, he's one of these players that's been around a while, has never really. Shown how yeah, good he yeah. can be, yeah. but he's starting to get goals from Middlesbrough under the new manager under Carrick. So, and uh, maybe he's the man to finally get something out of him. You never know. Um, because he's he's always had talent. He's just never. Um, but yeah, uh, a deserved victory too. I think overall. Um, like I said, the red carry probably didn't help. Um, but. Luton, it seems like they're going to be okay even under under new management as well. So, yeah, yeah. but uh, yeah, big win for Middlesbrough, and they're starting to climb the table. Um, yeah, really uh, we kind of talked about it beforehand that they might. Will they be a team that will go on on that run? Yeah, I mean, they're what three points, four points, something like that off the playoffs. They're they're right up there anyway. Exactly. Um, Millwall won, Wigan won. I suppose only worth mentioning because of Colo Torre's first game in charge. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, ends with a draw away to Millwall for Wigan. Not a bad place to go pick up a point, really. No. Uh, I, I, I thought they'd get a result right this weekend. Yeah. And not yeah. Win. Um, yeah. Yeah. Millwall have, you know, they have a very good home record this season. So it's it's not a bad place for Wigan to go and get a point, I don't think. Yeah. But very close, um, very close game. But he's going to have to start winning matches with them if they want to stay in the division. Exactly, draws are not going to be enough. Sheffield United, 
had a uh, a nice win, I think, over over Huddersfield Town at home. It was important that they they got a win. Stoke Cardiff was a bit of a crazy game. Yeah, you would you wouldn't expect so many goals. Um no, I mean it was two one after what twenty minutes, not even twenty minutes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um uh, young Delap scoring again, obviously on loan from uh, Man City. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Campbell as well, who we know is uh Kevin Campbell, who people might remember playing for Arsenal and Everton and that. It's his son. Yeah. Uh he got his goal. Uh, Callum Robinson scored for Cardiff. Um, mm. A player that never really kicks on, but hopefully he might do well this season from. Uh, yeah, and um, Stoke welcome back Suter into the team, coming back from the World Cup where he had a decent World Cup for Australia. Uh, yeah. Strange that he's straight back in the team. I think it's strange what are they going to do with the players because I've heard some people saying, Oh, if a player stays till the World Cup till the final weekend, there's no way they're going to play on Boxing Day or anything like that. Yeah. And I'm thinking, like, is it any different than when players go away to Afton? Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's not. You know, I mean, I can remember Arsenal playing in the the what the League Cup semi final last season, and they were away to Liverpool or home to Liverpool or something. And Thomas Partey got off the plane in the afternoon and came on for the last thirty minutes of the match. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know. Uh, I, I don't think players need a rest after the World Cup. I really don't. Uh, I, I think it's madness to say that a week between games, they're not going to be able to play. Exactly. I, I think that's just crazy. Mentally, it might be a different thing if they lose the final or whatever, but I um I think it's madness mm. to say that they're not going to be able to play. But anyway, two all draw, like you're saying, goals came out of nowhere. Anything else on that game that was a little bit? That would just good to see Robertson score. Uh, would be mighty. Uh, yeah, uh, he doesn't score enough. Yeah, Swansea Norwich was a weird game. Like Swansea battered them, essentially. And Norwich just got Norwich. Norwich scored after a minute and hung on essentially. Um, it's made it still there. I never know. <laughs> yeah, um. It's it's Swansea's first home defeat in a long time. September tenth was the last time they lost at home. Yeah. 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 Um, a good result for Norwich, like. They're not one in six. Yeah, they needed it. They needed a win. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, it was a strange one. Um, Fifty-eight seconds is all it took Norwich to score a goal. And yeah. yeah, it's been a strange one. Um, strange they've been on a bad run, but huge point. But they need to they need to improve because they play like that. Um, Swansea should have won this game, you know. Yeah, yeah, they're bad. Um, like so, so many chances they had. Yeah. Uh, um, I I try and find the stats if I can get them. Uh, I had them there a second ago. It was like seventeen shots of five. Um, they battered them. They really did. I saw the highlights of this one, and um, you know, um, and it, it wasn't even like the keeper had to make something. The keeper made a few okay saves, ones you'd expect him to make. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he didn't have to make anything spectacular in the Norwich goal, but it was more poor finishing from Swansea, which is something they're gonna. Uh, 
very disappointing, I suppose. Like you said, 17 chances created and you're not scoring a goal is very disappointing. Exactly. Um, but big, big win for Norwich. And then, what other games we had? We had a couple of games on um, Sunday. Yeah, we, uh, we had Watford. Watford Hull. It wasn't very good. No, not a great game at all. <coughs> um, you know, few chances for both teams. Uh, yeah. Again, Watford are just so up and down and predictable. Uh, yeah. But it was just... Watford, I suppose, missing Sar, who's away at the World Cup. He hasn't trained yet. Yeah. Since he came back. Um he's a big miss for them, obviously. He's he's essentially their star player. So, you know. Disappointing, do I think, for Watford. Manager could be sacked. Well, back to back they all draws. The the last game they drew nil all as well. Um Yeah. I think he's you know another nil all draw away from the sack. Well, think. Julian Dix will probably sort him out now. Uh, Hopefully, he's going around kicking people. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's Watford, like so you never know how long you have in the job. Yeah, I know. Um, Julian Dix, Julian Dix could be manager by the morning and sacked before Christmas. <laughs> um, you just don't know. QPR, who we talked about their new manager yesterday, Burnley, big big win for Burnley. They needed it because the teams around them had all won the day before. Yeah, exactly. Um, so they needed that victory, and then today, um, you were only talking about it, um, good first half from Sunderland, very very good second half from West Brom. Yeah, uh, which is again, yeah, proves the manager had to go because there's no way that would have happened under Bruce. Um, no, uh, do you like? Th- here's the thing. Um, Tom Rogic got a goal. Great goal. Daryl Dyke got a goal. Well, I don't think either of them have scored yet for West Brom. No, I think that was Dyke's fifth appearance because he's been injured. Yeah. And Tom Rogic obviously joined on a free. Yeah. Um, So they both get their first goals for the club. Suspect second goal. I thought it was out. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. now West Brom move up to 17th clear of the relegation zone by a couple of points yeah but it's four wins on the bounce after only winning two of the first 17 yeah um, so again like... you have to say they were right to change managers yeah it just wasn't working under them it was just no. constant negative, negative football and we've we've talked about Carlos Corbran in the past yeah. How good he is as a manager. Yeah. And yeah, I think he just has that ability to, in this division of getting results and doing well with teams. Um you know four wins in a row is not bad. No, not at all, especially for a team that were so struggling so hard. Um yeah. to even score a goal, let alone points. Yeah. Uh, but no, it's just even watch it there, like Tom Rodgers came on in the second half, and he was yeah. super. Um, like we said, they're they're eight points off the playoffs with a game in hand. Which is bad considering how many games they've lost. Um, but can they do it? I don't see why not. Like. 20, Twenty-five games still to play. That's what I mean. Like if they can win fifteen of them. Yeah. And they well in fifteen. Yeah. They're well able. 
Yeah, um, yeah, I agree. I think it it, it could be a, a big season for West Brom. What about your dad or uh, a resident West Brom fan? Yeah, like How does he feel about them at the minute? Much uh, improved. Um, again, like it was similar to what I was saying about um, they just wouldn't have came back under Bruce. No. Um, the fact that they did come back shows a lot of character, and that that means that means could we be seeing West Brom on the way back? Because, like, they are, realistically, yeah. they are good enough to be in the Premier League. Yeah. Um, no VAR, as we know. Yeah, if there was, um, I that would be disallowed. Underland a couple of penalty shouts. One very dodgy one at the end. Uh, yeah. Which could have been given either way. Yeah. Um, um, tough one. Yeah, but, I mean, it's a great result away from home. Yeah. Very big result away from home. Sunderland have been good. It's not like Sunderland have had a bad season. They've been good all season. I mean, they're eleventh in the table. Yeah. Um. You know they're having a good good season. Yeah. Um, as you suspected they would at the start. Of the yeah, season. I thought they would. Yeah. Um. So it's it like I said it's been great to have the matches back. Uh, a few surprises as as you'd expect when we come back. It's yeah. going to take a couple of games to get back into it really. And uh, there's no midweek football. Um, this week anyway, um, there is it all becomes mad over Christmas as we know, yeah. um, you know, as in teams are playing ferocious amount of matches from next weekend on, um, yeah. but we might as well have a look at uh, at least up until next the game next Monday night, and see what teams are doing next. So mm-hmm. Friday night's game on TV: Birmingham City against Reading, um. Yeah, like we said, Reading got that victory that they needed after the the poor run. Birmingham with a score, uh, scoreless draw. And um, you expected Birmingham to start doing a bit better? Uh, you would think so, but you this could be a draw again. It's hard to know. The Friday night under the lights on TV, people are always more up for the match. It seems. Yeah, exactly. Uh, some very tough games to call on the Saturday. I have to say. And um, Bristol City and Stoke City is one of those that could go either way. Um, yeah. But there's a cracking game on then, Burnley Middlesbrough. Two teams yeah. in great form. I think it would be on the TV, but it's not. There's no 12 game. There's no 12 game on, no. There's a half five match all our right. Um, yeah. Which I, I'm assuming is, I, I don't know why they don't have an early game on. Um, We'll talk about the Sunday early game. We've talked about it before, but we'll talk about it again. When we get up to Sunday, but yeah, it's weird because I think the third, fourth place playoff is at three o'clock as well. Yeah. The World Cup, right, it's strange from that way. Very strange. Uh, Cardiff Blackpool, uh, be good. two teams not in brilliant form. Yeah. Uh, Coventry home to Swansea. Yeah, um, Coventry are you know, like I said, they were on a good run of form, so were Swansea for a while, but Coventry at home is going to be tough. Um, Billich. I assume he'd hope they'd beat Huddersfield, but you never know. Huddersfield aren't exactly bad. Um, yeah. Sunderland will be looking to bounce back when they play Hull. Not easy. Hull, Hull really, if they want to stay in the division, need to start doing well at home. They really need to. Exactly. Um, big game then for Newman, away to Preston for QPR. Uh, See, this is. Try- it's a game now where your accumulator will be fixed. The problem with Preston, and this is what we've said for years, is they just had a brilliant win. Yeah. This now is when they go out and lose 2-0 at home. Yeah, I know, yeah. 
Um, just when you think they're they're doing something great is when they usually throw out a stinker of a performance. Yeah. But this is exactly the type of game. If they can win this one, they'll really be like, no, look, we're really going for it this season. Um, West Brom, Rodham, can you see West Brom keeping up the good run of form under new man? I think so. I can't see. Yeah. I can't see it. I, I think Rodham are one of these teams that really need to start watching their form. Yeah. They're yeah. starting to really slip down that table. How bad are their... Let's have a look at their records. Um, Rodham. Or got down to 18. Yeah, they're really sliding down that table one, one, after a one, great one, start. One win in five. Um, yeah. 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 Really right then, yeah. Then a big game at half five. Norwich against Blackburn Rovers. Um, the problem is if Norwich beat, we win this two or three nil, that black yeah. that black manager is under pressure. Uh, he is. Know. It's it's a big game for them. He's got to they've they've got to put in a performance there against Norwich, um, and Norwich themselves, you know, it's so tight in around the playoffs. You can't be affording to drop points. Exactly. Um, then a bit of a somewhat of a derby match on Sunday, an eleven thirty kickoff because of the World Cup final. Yeah. Um, between Luton and Millwall. It is a bit of a local derby, but eleven thirty on a Sunday is kind of a mad time for a game to be going ahead. Yeah. Um, even if they are not that far from each other. Yeah. Uh, tough one because Millwall obviously, you know, got drawn home. They used to win the home loot and lost away, even though they played relatively well. Um, and a man sent off Luton at home though are so good, but like I said, a bit of a derby game early in the morning. It's it's going to be a tough one to call that one. I really will. And finally, on Monday night, we get Wigan and Colo Torre up against Sheffield United. Um, Wigan have slipped into the relegation zone, obviously, after West Brom's win. So, you know, important for them, I think, to get their home form right. I think anyone who wants to stay up who's down at the bottom, they've got to make themselves hard to beat at home. Uh, I think we saw that with Luton a few years back, where their away form wasn't great, but they were so hard to beat at home. That they ended up, you know, relatively safe in mid table. Um exactly. And I think that's I think that's the key. You've gotta you've gotta really get that home form sorted. Yeah, one hundred percent. Just double check if there's any late news coming in from anywhere um before we let people go. Not really. I mean, you know, oh, quick no, check no. on the top top six, Burnley. Uh, on top, 44 points, Sheffield United, 41. Then a bit of a drop back, five points of a gap then to Blackburn. Uh, Norwich on 36, Watford 34, Preston 34, Millwall Reading 32. Then you've got QPR and Swansea Bone on 31. And Sunderland and Middlesbrough all the way down to 12th. They're only four points off the playoffs, as are Luton, who are in 13th. So it's uh, it's pretty tight, like we said, all the way down to West Brom, like we talked about, who were only eight points off the playoffs with a game in hand. So. It's tight. At the bottom, you're looking at, you know, Huddersfield on 19 points with a game in hand, starting to get cut adrift a little bit. Yeah, yeah it doesn't look good from. No, Blackpool, 23 points, it's Wigan, 24. So, it started so well. Like that's... Yeah, it, it's crazy because you go to, like you said, West Brom, 17th or 8 points off the playoffs. Bristol City in 16th or 7 off the playoffs, yeah. but 3 above relegation. 
there's 10 points between Wigan in 22nd and um, Preston in 6th. I think, though, if you look at the table realistically, yeah, all the teams all the way up to Radrum, like 18th, I think they're the right. Yeah. The yeah, I mean, Coventry are five points clear, but they're, they've been going up the table and they've yeah. two, those two home games in hand. Yeah, exactly. So you'd expect them to win at least one of those. Uh, which realistically would put them more like eight, nine points clear relegation. So oh, yeah, I think I think Rotherham because I think again, like you said, I think West Brom are moving in the right direction. I don't think, um, I don't think things are going to go bad for them. So yeah, Bristol City have been a bit up and down, but they should be okay. Only team that I can see there now looking at it that could go into a relegation battle, and this may shock people about QPR. Maybe, maybe we'll have to see how the new manager does. They just can't win a game. They just can't win a game. Yeah, we'll see how the new manager goes. Um, Cardiff for me are a worry because they were poor last season. Yeah, and they seem to be worse this season. Yeah, and they're only a point now clear of relegation. Stoke yeah, as well yeah. are not. It's it's one of those with Stoke sacked the manager who you talked about the other day has gone back to Northern Ireland. Yeah. Um. But it's one of those like be very careful, um, what you what you wish for when it comes to uh, to getting rid of a manager. Oh, Stoke got rid of Michael O'Neill because things weren't going great for them, um, but since he's been gone, they've been terrible. Yeah, it's not like I don't rate Alex Neil. Yeah, um, um, it's a strange choice. Yeah. I think uh, as well when we talk about Cardiff City and uh, the big news for them I suppose during the week was they're suing the insurance company over uh, Emiliano Sala if people remember that um, horrible, horrible um, story yeah, where they, they'd agreed to, what was it, 15 million pound transfer from Nantes and yeah. his plane crashed on the way over to the UK yeah um, yeah so, um, they're suing, and I don't know what's going to come out of that. And that could be going um, on for years. Could be going on for years. I think they're suing for what amounts to about twenty million pounds, because that's the kind of cover they said they should have had, or that's what they were looking for. And um, whether they end up with that or not, I don't know. But that's certainly money. I think Cardiff could probably use at this stage. Yeah, exactly. Um, to but like you said, that's going to drag on for a while. I don't think that money's going to be there for them to spend in January. No. Um, we'll talk more, I suppose, about January transfer windows when we get closer to it. But just on a quick, quick look ahead to January, is there um any teams you see doing a lot of business? Um, not necessarily a lot of business, but Middlesbrough could bring in three or four loan players. Um. Yeah, West Brom as well will be bringing in two or three. Um, yeah, you would imagine so. Wigan um, maybe, maybe Colo Torre brings in a few. Maybe he'll bring in a couple of loan players. Yeah, who knows? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think when we get closer to the deadline day, we'll, you know, we'll we'll have uh, we'll have a better idea. Yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, during the World Cup show, we talked about a few of the transfers that had been done already. Um, you know, there was a few of them going ahead. Um, not too many, obviously. Like we said, um, Kone is, you know, joining Watford on disclosed fee. 
Um, you know, and that's that's kind of the main one I think in the championship that happened during the World Cup. Really, wasn't it? I don't know if there's any more. Uh, I don't. Um, I don't think there's many. I don't. Um, I think that's it for championship at the moment, but. There's a chance we might see one or two players that we saw at the World Cup in the Championship because, um, like you said, some of those top teams, Watford's, who've got a bit of money, Burnley, who've spent a lot of money in the summer, obviously, but might still want to bring in a player or two. Um, maybe there's players that we've seen at the World Cup, the likes of that, um, you know, the Canadian USA teams especially, um, where they might look to bring in a few of those players. Uh, but we'll wait and see. It's going to be interesting to see who does what in January because I can't remember a championship season coming up to Christmas that's been this tight. I mean, and by uh, this tight, I mean literally 10 points between relegation and the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a ridiculously tight table. Um, what I will say, though, is, you know, with Blackburn's defeat at the weekend, it, it is now like Sheffield United and Burnley are just that bit of a gap, five points between second and third. You know, eight points between third and first, a uh, bit of a gap opening up between the top two and everybody else. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, uh, I'd be intrigued to see come the end of January, even where we are. Um, yeah, I mean, we're what? We're one game away for most teams. The games after the weekend, we're at, ha- at the halfway point of the season. Point, yeah. Uh, we're at 23 matches at, uh, after um, the next round of games. Yeah. So, yeah, in January, it's going to be interesting to see because by the end of January, we're, they're probably playing one another. What if they got left? Probably three, four games left in December. Uh, yeah. Then, and then, then another probably five or six. Probably, we're probably another 10 games by the end of January. Yeah. We're probably into the last 13, 14 matches. Yeah, an FA Cup then as well. Um, obviously, the Cup will interfere in that a little bit, yeah, but it's going to be... Uh, it's going to be hectic over Christmas because there's games. And I, I think, too, it, it always tends to happen when Christmas falls on a Sunday. Yeah. Um, the games tend to come a bit faster um, than that because, you know, um, Coventry are getting in a couple of their games in hand, mm-hmm. um, I think, or trying to anyway, in probably in February, if not January. Don't they? And they do play West Brom on the 21st of December yeah, after the games yeah. there next Saturday. So that'll be one of their home. And I think the others are pushed ahead a little bit on that. But um, like we said, there's there's games that are just going to be going on. Just a lot of them. I think they play on like the 26th and then they also play on like the 29th. Yeah. Um, and some of them play the 27th and the 30th. It, it's, it's, it's hectic over Christmas, as we know. So it's uh it's good for us though. A lot of an awful lot of football. Um and you know, some big games as well, important games over that Christmas period as well. Exactly. Uh, but something to look forward to. The football's back. Uh little bits of controversy here and there. We're gonna get some live football over Christmas as well, which is nice. And uh yeah. I yeah, suppose that's about it. Part of it. Like there's a lot there's gonna be a lot on, but it's also good. It's also it is good. That is good. Will we leave it there for folks, Phil? And uh, we'll be back, I suppose, at the same time next week after the weekend games because there's no midweek action this week. Yeah, we'll do the same uh, thing that we watched the Wigan and uh, Sheffield United game and come on. Yeah. 
and we'll come back then and we'll come on. So it's going to be a week before you hear from us. But if you miss us that much, we will be back Wednesday night um, with a review of the World Cup semi-finals. Look ahead to the final. And uh, then on Sunday evening, we will have the World Cup final. Um, we'll kind of, we'll, and just to talk about the World Cup in general. Yeah, we might actually pick our top uh, three our top players. Yeah. That. All that kind of exactly. Thing. Our surprises or everything, our yeah. best goals or best whatever. We'll do all of that. Our review of the World Cup on Sunday. And uh, yeah. yeah, looking forward to it. Looking forward to the World Cup finishing up and football getting back to normal as we now have it. Yeah, me too. So, uh, thanks everyone for tuning back into us and uh, sticking with us through the World Cup. And we're all delighted after the month off, so we're back in the, the championship again with some wonderful talking points. And I'm sure there's going to be some great ones over the weekend as well. So thanks everyone.